In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. I actually struggle with this. I actually have an executive coach now, and this is one of the main things I'm asking him to help me with because I want to be a man who stays calm under pressure. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with Dale Culver. How you doing, man? Doing swell. Hey, got a lot of stuff going on. I'm really excited about this. Our fourth, I think, in the series. Is this our fourth in the series? Yeah. Uh, on our um, synopsis of the book, Full Capacity Man. Do you have a man law for me today? I do, but I was just going to comment on your comment about how we got a lot going on. Um, I don't think you've ever come on the podcast and said we don't have much going on. So uh, yeah, I, had, I'm I had super, a chuckle. I'm super bored, you know, <laughs> and uh, man, I just if, I just don't know any other Netflix series to binge, you know, golly. It's just <laughs> like we always got a lot going you know, on. These four-hour naps uh, is awesome. I don't even need caffeine anymore. Uh, no, anyway, you're, you're you got me. I know. Yes, I do. Uh, I got. Hey, you know what? I have a lot going on too, and in the midst of all these things going on in life, you know, sometimes things don't go the way you planned. And so, this man law is this: be calm in those stressful times because people are watching you. Oh, that's hitting close to home. And how you react speaks a lot to your character. We won't go into how close that hits. I have been working with a lot of other leaders lately, and um, I, I, I'm a watcher of people, and um, I think it speaks a lot to their character when you see somebody uh, kind of lose their cool. You go, man. Okay, I'm really seeing another side of you here. So, yep, that's all I got. So, say besides about that. me, you've seen that. Oh, I'm not even talking about you. You've been unbelievably unbelievable (laughs) lately. So, you know, things are melting down around you, and you're like, "Oh man, this is." I I gotta. So I gotta tell you, you know, this is my weakest area of the twenty qualifications. (laughs) Of the twenty, this is the one that hurt the most. This chapter hurt the most to write. Yeah, it is a chapter that we had to change the name of the chapter. So the chapter title was the patient man, and we changed it to the calm man when I realized what the original Greek language meant. You know, I spoke at a Campdale in 2013, and the theme was keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm. And I thought, or it might have been keep calm and pray on or something, but that, that 
that theme, keep calm, got really popular around 2002, 3, 4, 5, and kind of maintained that for the next, I don't know, probably seven or eight and years. you preached on that in 2013? I did, yeah, I did, but it was their theme of the camp, which is, was uh, your denomination, buddy. So don't blame me. Hey, so, but it was interesting. Do you know where that comes from? That phrase? Have I told you this? Yeah, you mentioned it here on a podcast here recently. Okay, so it comes from it comes from World War II. Yes, and uh, Germany under leadership of Adolf Hitler uh, made a pact of steel alliance with Italy, annexed Austria, and signed a non-aggression pact with the Soviet Union, and attacked Czechoslovakia, Poland and allied himself with Japan. So war in England was imminent. They knew it. Everyone knew it. By September, England and France declared war on Nazi Germany, which is now called the phony war because nothing really happened. And so they were afraid of this bombing over London in 1940, which was called the Blitzkrieg. So in order to calm the people down, Winston Churchill and his people made 2.45 2.45 million posters that said keep calm and carry on because that's kind of the British way, you know, tight lipped, you know, never let them see a sweat. And so they had all these, they're going to pass them all around. The problem is they never got around to doing it. <laughs> and so uh, they were found in a store in Northern England in 2002. And that's where this uh, became wildly popular. But the reason why I changed this chapter from patient to calm. And the reason why Paul lists this as one of the 20 qualifications of eldership, and, and which, which should be the goal of every Christian man, right? We should all have a goal to be qualified to be a biblical elder, right? That should be the goal of every Christian man, to get out of the bleachers and into the arena. And so the Greek word here is the Greek word oreglos. Now, in the Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in, there are two words for anger. There's thumos, which sounds like thermos, right? Always, you know, something that's you know warm. And then there's oreglos. Now, there's a distinct difference between the two, and the difference made the difference in this chapter. So, the word thumos is anger that is that quickly blazes up and just as quickly subsides under fire like a straw. It's a paper fire. You know, you had a gentleman approach you the other day that saw me arguing with my wife in public, and that bothered him. Well, anybody that knows my wife and I know that we forget about those things as fast as they blaze up. They come and they go. We keep short accounts, which is very unlike some couples where there's always this boiling, just barely under the surface, there is always this heat, this pressure. So you have this paper fire, which is thumos, and then you have this 211 degrees of water. Like every morning I make my cafe Americano and I've got a pot of boiling a pot of water I put on, press a button, the pot turns blue, it's pretty cool, and when it boils at 212 degrees it shuts down. There are a lot of men out there that live at 210, 211 degrees. This is called oreglos. It is an ingrained anger uh and it's stronger than the sudden paper fire blaze because it's a wrath that is continually fed to keep itself alive. A blaze of anger is an unhappy thing, but this long-lived, purposely maintained anger is still worse. We have a mutual friend that we worked with in youth ministry, and I felt like this guy was just always angry. Always angry. Always something on the surface. Mm-hmm. There was another pastor that we worked out 
that was just always angry and always sarcastic and always uh, trying to put people. There's just anger underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. This is the guy we're talking about. Areglos reminds me of this kettle before it boils. Areglos is 450 degrees of heat placed on fire. 451 degrees, the fire burns. So this is what we're talking about. Does this make sense? Yeah. Have I been able to distinguish this well enough? I think so. Okay, because this is really important for guys to understand. So uh, it is safe to say that Hitler was water on the boiling point constantly. This describes a Hitler. This describes a a bully pulpit guy. This describes a guy who's always pushing him around his people. So Vine's Expository Dictionary says this about the two words. Thumos, wrath, is to be distinguished from orge in its respect that thumos indicates a more agitated condition of the feelings and outburst of wrath from inward indignation, while orge suggests a more settled now listen to the difference, Dale. Settled or abiding condition of the mind, frequently with this view to taking revenge. Orge is less sudden on its rise than Thumos, but more lasting in its nature. Thumos expresses more inward feelings. Orge, the more active emotion. So does this make sense? So this Orge is this deep-seated anger uh, it's usually caused by something. Mm-hmm. You know, in Proverbs 14, 17, we read this warning. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. A man of evil devices is hated. Now, the reason why I chose the word calm, the quick-tempered man who's like a paper fire, come on, come on, come on, come on, that guy is impatient. Mm-hmm. So it would have worked for that term, but the anger, the word for anger here, or not quick-tempered, is oreglos, which is this subtle deep, sweltering, fuming man who's just seconds away from erupting all the time. So Mm -hmm. the word there is not patient. It's calm. So I've been saying to myself, so I realized in Brightness chapter that in some ways, in some situations, I actually struggle with this. I actually have an executive coach now, and this is one of the main things I'm asking him to help me with because I want to be a man who stays calm under pressure. Does that make sense? So in his book, The Measure of a Man, Gene Getz writes, the word Paul uses in Titus, oreglos, literally means passionate. But here's what I would say. I would argue that it's not passionate positively. (laughs) <laughs> it's a negative passion. You know, both the bully pulpit and Oreglos are destructive forms of passion. So it's not this guy. It's it's passion, but it's passion gone bad. It's the negative side of passion. St. Francis de Sales wrote this, Never be in a hurry. Do everything quietly and in a calm spirit. Do not lose your inner peace for anything whatsoever, even if your whole world seems upset. And that's what we're talking about. You know, I, I had a, a pastor friend of mine came in one time. He was a children's pastor. And he said, man, you're never going to guess what happened in Sunday school. I said, what? He said, these two kids got in a fight, two little children, like, like seven, eight-year-old kids. And he said, hey, you guys, you sit on this end of the room, and you sit on this end of the room. No, none of them were my children, Dale. And, <laughs> and, and don't come back until your eyes aren't angry. So this pastor left the room and came back... Five minutes later, 
And he looked across the room and the little boy across the room was sitting there. His eyes are huge. Friday guys, man. He's like in shock. His mouth is wide open. And this pastor looks at the other little kid in the corner who's up against the wall where the door is. And the kid's sitting there with his middle finger pointing at the other kid. And so my pastor friend walked over to that kid and he said, do you know what you're doing right now? And the little boy with his middle finger up and glaring at the other boy says, yes. And he goes, do you know what that says when you do that to somebody? And this little boy says, yes. And he goes, well, why don't you tell me what it means? And the little boy with anger in his eyes said, it means you're driving too slow. <laughs> you know, where did he get that? You know, it's it's that guy who's driving and who's just looking for the opportunity to explode. That guy is experiencing a reglose. And so I just want to make uh, so here's here's a here's a here's a, another illustration I thought was really interesting when I was researching for this chapter. So you've heard of the um uh you've heard of the Peace Corps, right? Yeah. So in the Brazil Peace corpsmen who serve in Brazil have to do a lot of stuff because that's a crazy, crazy continent or a crazy country. So they have in their manual for the Peace Corps in Brazil is a section called How to uh, Survive an Encounter with a Python. I'm going to read it to you. Here's what it says, quote, Do not run away. The python can run faster. Instead, lie flat on the ground with your back with your feet together, arms at your side, and your head well down. The python will then try to push its head under you, experimenting at every possible point. Keep calm. <laughs> you must let him swallow your foot. So in other words, don't let him wrap around you. Let him try to swallow you whole. You must let him swallow your foot. It is quite painless, and it will actually take a long time. If you lose your head and struggle, he will quickly whip his coils around you. If you keep calm and still, he will go on swallowing. Wait patiently until he swallows up to your knee. Then carefully take out your knife and insert it into the distended side of its mouth. And with a quick rip slit, you'll cut him up. Wow. <laughs> Keep calm while he eats up you up to your knees. Wow. And so what I'm saying is, you know, I've done a thousand rattlesnake dances in my day, but I'll tell you what, you got to be impressed with that. So you may be listening to this podcast going, man, I feel like I'm the guy who's always creating tension around me. I'm the guy who, when I walk in the room, the heat in the room goes up a few degrees. And I thought about this deal, and I think uh, there are several guys in my experience, in my own personal life, and in my experiences with others, here is the cause of these guys who are experiencing oreglos, and they really need to find healing for it. The first one is this. If someone that you trusted, a parent, a coach, an ex-wife, deeply wounded you, if you have a person in your life like that, that can create this deep wound that we don't seek freedom and forgiveness from. This wound can create this deep-seated anger that does not allow us to live at peace and be calm. Another one is this. I have one man who I know who uh, who's a veteran who experienced a lot of violence in a war. And because of this life event, sometimes it could be tragedy, sometimes it could be a divorce, uh, a war, whatever it may be, it tra we're traumatized. And so I have seen that people who are traumatized struggle with this deep-seated anger. The third person is somebody who is, uh, has unconfessed or unrepented sin. In other words, they're haunted by it. And I've seen guys that have been unwilling as Christian men, outspoken Christian men, 
to repent of their sin, and it's led them down this path of anger and hatred and vile because they've allowed this to fester inside of them. And the last one is, and I don't know how else to say this, I know people who are sociopathic. (laughs) They're narcissistic, they're hedonistic, lovers of pleasure. Their hearts are hardened, and their life is all about them, and they don't they are at the they will do whatever it takes to get whatever they want at whatever the cost of other people and that's a sick and demented person who really needs a lot of help right and that person is usually mm-hmm. uh, they look calm on the outside but underneath they they remind me when I'm duck hunting every time we're duck hunting we have a duck that lands in our decoys and it doesn't take that duck long to realize oh no these aren't my buddies <laughs> And so this duck will turn around, and you'll see the duck swimming away from the decoys. But underneath the water, man, those legs are moving, baby. They are moving. That's that guy who struggles with this deep-seated anger. And so, guys, I just want to tell you, man, if you're that guy and you recognize that about yourself, you need to get help. Get a life coach. Get a mentor. uh, Confess it as a sin. But whatever, guys, find a way to move into the state where you are a calm man mm-hmm. and not a deeply angered man. Does that all make sense? Any questions, Dale? No, it totally makes sense, because when you're like that, you throw everybody else on pins and needles around you. That's a great way of actually noticing when somebody, uh, when you, people are on pins and needles around you, or when somebody walks in a room and you're on pins and needles, that's a problem. Yeah. So, hey, man, uh, take us home. What's next? Yeah, guys, we want you to head on over to meninthearena.org and join our program. Also, we'd love for you to just get involved and invest in becoming your best version. We have tons of resources on our website, so go and check those out. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.